Hey guys, I'm so happy to have you back here on the Eat, Pray, Slay podcast. Um, Today's solo cast is just myself, Shalane Carter, your host, and I am honored and very stoked to share with you a couple of things. It's really, really common as of recently to have a ton of talk and buzz going on around ancestral healing, um, healing like trauma and things like that from an emotional standpoint. Um, So not just the physical, what happens to us in a, a, you know, if you were abused emotionally, things like that, physically growing up, not just even this life either. So I've been doing a ton of research over the past several years and have found that most research on um, behavioral patterns and kind of the psychology behind ancestral trauma and ancestral healing. And it actually goes back most, most, some say longer, but the common theme is seven generations. So if you look at your ancestral line. So you go back, you go back, you know, grandmas and, you know, great grandmas and, you know, further and further and further and further back. Um, What did their life look like? What were some markers in their lives as far as big life choices, life changes around what time, um, what type of person? And it's really, really been, I think there's been so much around this because hello, like ancestry.com, 23andMe. We're really wanting to find out like where are our roots? Where did we come from? Who were the people who came before us and why are we the way that we are, right? Like we have this desire right now to really rediscover some of the ways of being that go back in time, you know, centuries and centuries and centuries. Um, I know for myself, like I've had a a really deep interest for long periods of time. I really associate with um, the kind of Renaissance era. I have watched every um, Tudor, you know, series, Queen Mary, Queen of Scots, every, um, oh my gosh, I'm like, I'm going through like, um, I want to say King Arthur, but I'm pretty sure that that's not who I'm referring to. but anyways, like King Henry, like the eighth, right around those time periods of really like, that's where my, I honestly, like, I always joke that I'm like, I love, um, that time period. I'm pretty sure I had a past life there, but that is a whole nother episode, um, with that fascination. But I'm, as you look into your history and kind of what's happened in your life, And you look at, okay, when you really start to dive into like your parents, some of their childhood, how did things kind of transpire? How, how do they parent you? How were they parented? Because what happens is from the ages zero to eight, you develop your moral compass, you develop your, the way and thought process in which you choose your life, the way you show up in the world, the way that your subconscious thought patterns and behavioral patterns are developed before the age of eight. So 
during that time period, your parents are the primary teachers and guides throughout your life, and they learn from their parents and from their parents. So this time period is great because we have access to so many other people. I know in my own history, like I'm so thankful I've had people who are very, very interested in genealogy and ancestry and have all sorts of information. And I know all about that, you know, my family came across on the Matson Trail and that I had a, I have a religious upbringing. Um, I, my ancestors were, and I was baptized in the uh, Church of Latter-day Saints, the Mormon church. And I have ancestors who had several wives. Um, so all of these things kind of play a factor in how your behavior patterns are passed down. So this day and age is interesting in the fact that we're really trying to actively heal it, which means our subconscious thought patterns are beginning to change, or at least more people are becoming awakening or woke. <laughs> they are awakening. They are woke, whatever. Um, to the fact that we don't just operate out of the conscious brain. Most of our lives and our choices come from the subconscious, which comes from childhood, utero, further back, all the way into the DNA when they really start to break it down and see these strands of patterns and see where there are certain hits of extreme trauma. So sometimes that is um, a death, sometimes that is abuse, sometimes that is um, like you look at there's a time period where there's a lot of slavery, not just in I think the way that a lot of it's pictured of black slavery, but also in ways that go further back than that and we go into the hierarchy of like kings and then you know you had serfs and all those things like you were suppressed or oppressed as a person and how that felt for you can really create a deep crevice in your subconscious that is then transferred through dna so in my own findings, I um, we we have this opportunity now. I've found that as the more I explore that, that the opportunity for me to heal not only affects myself. When you figure you're you've got seven generations of trauma at least that can be identified scientifically, some of these markers still show up for you in patterns of choices, in patterns of lifestyle, eating habits, ways that you interact and are reactive to situations, you have the opportunity to heal back in time. Um, I'm so, so thankful my mom has been spiritual all my life, even though we were also religious. Um, that's why I'm a big advocate that it doesn't have to be one or the other. But um, as we moved away from religion, the opportunity for deeper self-exploration really opened up. Um, her and I were talking the other day that I remember very clearly being prompted, and I've talked about this in other podcasts, um, when I had my son, it was 
and it wasn't a th- like it's weird to say it was not a thought of mine because at the time it felt like a thought of mine um but now when i look at the way that i was thinking it was not my thought i was being so prompted to um i'm not an i've never been an advocate for birth control prior um because i i honor the way that your body functions naturally um but i also realized it was literally like a screaming voice that said you have to be on birth control i you specifically an iud um you have to get an iud because you cannot take the chance of not changing your future and the future of your ancestral line the future of your family the future of your children your children's children it ends here I didn't really understand kind of what that meant. For me, it felt very personal. I was a single parent. Uh, my partner had passed away. And it felt at the time like I needed to do this because I couldn't handle having any more kids. I financially couldn't handle having any more kids emotionally. I was like, I think I'm, two's good. I'm good at two. Um, but looking back, it was very much a call from something deeper than that. Um, it felt very much like this is the opportunity to change the trajectory of not only your life, but literally your family line, your lineage changes here. And I was telling, um, my mom that the other day, because we very much share in a lot of just healing and stuff like that, that needs to happen. We both recognize it in different ways. And as you start to peel back layers, they show up differently and at different times that are kind of unexpected. Um, but what happens is when I begin to do the healing work as well, it is also shared by not only my daughter, my son, people that are going to carry on my, my blood, but also past as well. So Something that I want to, and this is just, this is hypothetical. This is kind of a download that I received that when you are doing this work, you think of this life bloodline, right? Like where I came from, my mom, my dad, my grandparents, my kids, their kids. Like you think of your physical bloodline, but the people that are in your life and you are very close to, and you know those people that you're like, wow, I just feel like I've known them forever. That our relationship has transcended time at some point. It's because it has. They're familiar to you instantly because you have known them in prior lives. So if you are not on that belief system, then I totally understand. But I feel like our spirits never, quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes, um, never die they reincarnate to learn the lessons that that were not learned in prior lives so your soul has a soul assignment and you know how like one year you did really well in history and so the next year you get to history and you're still doing really great but like english still sucks so you got to learn english more like and you got to apply yourself more to that that's kind of how i think of it you reincarnate so that way you can learn the lessons that are still needed to complete your soul's assignment so backpedaling. So you have these souls, these friends, these relationships that have always felt very familiar. You always have those people that have instantly felt more comfortable to you because you have known them in prior lives. In what capacity, you're not sure. So when you incarnate, it doesn't have to, just because in this life, I'm a woman, 
Um, I'm a straight woman. In another life, I know I was a man. <laughs> um, part of that, like, again, whole other story if we want to get into, like, reincarnation and things like that. But you, they may have been your friend or your, the relationship that you had with them may have been in a different capacity. Again, this is just a download that I received. You don't have to share my beliefs. But these people that are your quote-unquote circle your, um, I know tribe gets thrown around here a lot, but I like to, what I think is when you are starting to do some of this, um, ancestral healing, the people that you have been in families with, in bloodlines with, in past lives also begin to heal. This is why it is so important to begin to raise your vibration and then your circle of friends and your circle of influence and your circle of your people begin to either up level with you or you surpass them. That means the lesson that you may have needed from them in this life may have been completed. Your contract with them, with their soul may have been completed. And that is okay. When you look at relationships as we all have something to give to one another and we all have something to receive and it's no longer this conditional, I need you for this, but it's my opportunity to give something to you and you to take something from me. And when that has happened, we no longer need to be connected. We can choose to be, we can choose to still have this friendship or whatever. But as you start to do your healing, if you've healed what needed to happen in your bloodline, you're, you begin to heal that for other people that you have encountered in past lives. It illuminates the opportunity for them to heal too. They may not be healing at the same speed, and that is a-okay, but not only are you healing like your parents, your grandparents, things like that, that you're beginning to bring light into areas that have been very dark for them. Because again, if your soul never dies, it just reincarnates. When they if your grandparent's soul is, you know, wherever, I don't know where it's at after, you know, you, you physically pass away, but it may begin to heal some of those things. So when they reincarnate again or whatever, they come back as a, as part of their soul's assignment has been completed or part of their, their trauma has been healed. So they don't have to do that work. That may not be what their next life is for. So in doing the work, I, this is something that has drawn me so, so much to yoga and to, um, ancestral weight, like not ancestral, like more, um, uh, the, when you look at like the Egyptians, when you look at more indigenous people, they really carry from ancient ways of being into modern time. And this is something that has really drawn, like heavily drawn me to yoga and to India and to their way of being because it is about the collective. Healing your yourself is really wonderful and it, it, it's needed for what you're here to do on this earth. But what's also needed is to heal others. We are not... if. 
with the more me being in the beauty industry for so long and I talk to people for hours on end, you are not so different from your neighbor that you get in arguments with over the trash can. You are not different from the person that cuts you off in traffic and you flip them the bird. You, when you start to look at people as we are the same and you start to my, my good girlfriend, she's an energy healer, Brooke. Um, she made a post about when you begin to the people that anger you start to use the mantra that I believe it was, we, we are the same or something to that effect. We are the same. Let's go with that. And you start to look at the way that people behave, the way that people react, the way that people feel, the way that people want to evolve through this life is all the same. All of it. We all boil down to love in the purest of forms. You either choose to honor that and continue to move that forward or you choose not to. Just because you choose not to see that part of yourself doesn't mean that that's not who you are, that the basis of you and your soul is not love and is not light. So as we begin to do the healing work for ourselves, we begin to heal the collective. That's why you're experiencing this rise in spiritual leaders, spiritual guides, um, self-help, self-development, a rise in spiritualism and alternative ways of worship of a higher power. It is no longer predominantly just a Christian patriarchal way of worship. You're seeing the exploration of a more spiritual practice being implemented as the norm in today's society, which is so wild because when you look back through ancient times and ancient cultures, it was the spiritual. We are beginning to awaken and heal our trauma in order to return to love, to return to our ancestral roots, not just our physical roots, but like return to each other, the return to the divine love that is within all of us. So the healing that needs to happen needs to heal in order to move our society and move our move human beings forward in the way of evolution so we see even now our earth and the way that we have created so many chemicals and really abused kind of our space that we live in and we're now looking at it like oh shit we have over farmed overdeveloped we are eating food that is overly processed. It's not even food. It's not even food anymore. Like the first ingredient didn't come from the earth. You know, a lot of the more, there are more additives in it than there are whole foods. You know, and how that then manipulates with inside of our own bodies as to how we evolve. We're becoming very woke to this the spread of degenerative diseases cancers all of these things that are happening as a result of abnormal cell growth is because over time we've tried to manipulate the system and tried to be smarter than the earth smarter than our bodies and in order to really get back to a place of wholeness 
We have to do the healing and it starts with ourselves. So how can we do this? How can we begin to heal some of the patterns? So for me and for all of my clients and for most people that are doing this work, what happens is you begin to observe patterns that are unproductive to growth. So for me, I noticed it was, it started as small things. It started as noticing that I was always late for everything. I could be on time for work, but for everything else in my life, like, and in a way that was disrespectful. It didn't honor others' time. It was, hey, I'm, I'm five minutes away when really I hadn't left my house yet. Um, it started as noticing, okay, even noticing like I, again, going back to the IUD. So my mom and I both had children right around the same age, um, early in our twenties. So my, I had my daughter, I was 21. My mom had me when she was 20 and noticing we both had girls first. And when I began to observe my daughter and her similarities to my personality, Um, and her creativity and her sense of imagination and how she could keep herself busy for hours and just kind of noticing some of those similarities. And then I had my son. My mom also had a boy next. Um, The relationships, my, my brother and I both have different dads and my, my kids have different dads. And so when I began to notice the similarities that were happening, and my grandma is, became a single parent. My great grandma was a single parent. And when I began to see this, when I had my son, there was very much this moment of like, this is not it. It's not necessarily the having the kids part. It's the if I don't stop this kind of behavior, it's going to just continue. I, my daughter is going to probably be a single parent. My son, probably a single parent. And not that there is anything wrong with that, but it was coming from a place of fear. It was coming from a place of being closed off to, to people and to the experience of love in a way that was there was reciprocity. And I didn't want that for them. I wanted the opportunity that if they wanted to be, you know, they wanted to parent on their own, great. But that was a choice. I didn't feel like I had a choice. And I wanted the opportunity to heal that for them. I wanted to not carry on behaviors that were limiting me from accepting love into my life. I didn't want to pass that along to them. And so it began with me. So noticing where your small synchronicities are happening that are similar in ways that you don't feel are advantageous to your life. Okay, maybe you're quick to anger. Maybe you notice little things set you off that you're like, why does this bother me? The fact that you're even noticing that it bothers you is the first stage in healing it. It's wonderful. Yay for you. <laughs> okay. The, then what happens is as you begin to notice these things, then I want you to obs- obs- obsess, assess 
how would how do I go to feel okay about some of these things? Because you know what? People are still going to trigger you. Even after you've healed the wound that, that triggers you to be angry quickly, it's still going to happen. You're still going to be triggered. But the opportunity to observe and then take action as opposed to immediate reaction to anger is a huge jump. So what would that look like for you? Begin to imagine it. Begin to feel it before it happens. And then when that thing happens again and you're triggered, noticing that you are being triggered and then stepping back before you react is healing. So those are kind of the first stages. Now, you're, I won't get into some of the stages that you can do through, um, obviously, like therapy. You can do a lot of spiritual healing, a lot of, um, I know women especially can do a lot of womb work. And if you have questions about that, please reach out to me. I have some great uh, resources for you. Um, And healing your feminine wound. Um, And if you have issues with uh, female friendships, sexuality, sensuality, connection to your body, all of those things, that is the feminine wound. Um, and not in a feminist, like, you know, I'm, you know, you know, free the nipple kind of like armpit hair going everywhere kind of way. But, uh, wow, that was really extreme. Um, but I'm talking about feeling a disconnect to just feminine energy in general. If you feel that, please reach out to me and I can give you some resources. Um, but beginning to then, as you observe these things and as you begin to take action after observing instead of just reacting, you'll notice opportunities for deeper healing will enter your life. So sometimes those look like retreats. Sometimes those look like, um, um, like shaman led experiences, experiences with plant, plant medicine, um, things like that in order to observe and heal on a deeper level. So all of those things do need to be facilitated and guided by somebody who already has um, healed in ways that they're able to guide you through that experience safely. Because when you get into healing on a very deep level, um, you can go into places that can be very traumatic and experience things that are not necessary for healing and not necessary for growth. So once you start to begin to observe and react differently, you'll start to notice those opportunities to heal on a deeper level will begin to find you. You'll be able, you'll be able to have conversations that go deeper than just surface level, deeper than what's just going on within friends, within family dynamics, things like that. You'll actually want to talk about what you're feeling, your experience within it. You'll want to know, understand, and actually listen to how others are experiencing it. That is some of the greatest healing is just to listen. Listen to how others feel without judgment, without reaction, but just observing. Um, so as you begin to do all of that, you'll begin to notice shifts and changes within your behavior patterns, within your family, within your friendship circles. And as that happens, allow that to happen. Allow that uncomfortability. That's where the change happens within your lines as well. So again, we talked about how the friendships and stuff like that were probably, you know, you had some type of relation 
in another life. So it's going to affect them. It's going to make them feel uncomfortable. It's going to make you feel uncomfortable. And what's going to be even more uncomfortable is knowing that in order to set yourself up for success, when those triggers happen and when those experiences arise again, you're going to probably have to create some boundaries. And that is going to be the most uncomfortable part of healing. Um, I know people that in order to heal have distanced themselves from families, um, from family members, specific family members because of the way that they trigger them. Um, I know friendships that have ended. I know relationships that have ended as healing has gone on, not in a negative way. So understand that some of this boundary setting and some of this not allowing yourself to be in a space to be triggered is not because you're doing it to them. And if they think you're doing it to them, that's because they're not doing any work. They're not doing the healing. It's all about them. They're stuck in their conscious mind of and their thinking brain that is very ego-driven. You're When you're operating on and from a subconscious and healing your subconscious all the way down to your DNA and the way that you're made up, you are no longer, things will bother you. Like you're, you're bothered that they're upset by it. You're bothered that they feel that it's about them, but not in a way that hurts you or upsets you. It's like, it's unfortunate. You don't see my healing. However, I have to continue. I have to continue healing for myself and for the good of others. And actually for the good of them, they just don't see that. So when that begins to happen and you start to set boundaries, like, like honestly, like some of that for me is it started, uh, when I was still working in the beauty industry, it was setting the boundary of, I do not call or text you back after a certain time. And just because you text me, did you get my last text message an hour later does not mean that I am going to drop everything that I am doing with my family to respond to you because your beauty service is not the end of the world. I promise. (laughs) Uh, nobody's dying over, you know, getting their lashes done or getting their hair cut or, you know, like I'll get to it when it is good for me. Um, because what would happen is it would, I would be taken away from being present in my experience with my family. And I was like, fuck that, no more. <laughs> like, I love you, but I also love, I love my kids. And that's not right of me to not give them my full attention because you want to reschedule. Um, so it started, you'll notice it starts as little things like that. And then it'll turn into, um, I don't, if I'm not prepared to speak to a person that I know I have a relationship with, um, or they're in my family or something like that. And I already know that the type of conversation that they're probably going to want to have, if I'm not in the space to have that conversation, I don't answer the phone. If I am, you know, I'm working, I'm in a good mood, blah, blah, blah. This person calls me and I'm like cranking out and I'm busy and I've, and I've allotted this time for my work and I feel really energetically good. If I know that they may trigger me to, to have to be more observant of my thoughts and my reactions, and I'm not really in a place that I want to do that, I don't answer the phone. And when they're like, Hey, why didn't you answer the phone? I'm like, I I wasn't ready to talk to you. I'm honest, you know, um, sometimes that does mean saying no to invitations to go out or, uh, it says it means saying no to, I'm not going to that family function. I love you. I don't want to go it. I want, I need that time for me. 
I, it's my only day where I'm able to get some things done for me and maybe do some self-care and stuff like that. So I no, I'm not going to dinner with, you know, aunt so-and-so that's in town for, you know, that she comes every single year. It's totally fine. I will see her next year. And I'm okay with that because my healing and my self-care and my self-preservation is equally as important as going to dinner sometimes. And and that's the reality is you're going to have to set some boundaries that are really uncomfortable for other people, but also uncomfortable for yourself to maintain. So understand that not only is it going to be hard for them to accept that you're saying no and you're setting boundaries as to how that's going to happen, but it's also going to be uncomfortable for you to uphold that. And that's okay. It allows you to stretch your competency um, of your healing. Um, so doing the work though is really one of those things that's it's going to be monumental change for you for your immediate family for your extended family but also for your friends for your inner circle that has transcended not only the that has transcended this lifetime that will continue to you know you guys will continue to orbit in those same circles for lifetimes to come begin the healing now honor yourself your body, your experience in this life now by doing the work. It is sometimes uncomfortable and sometimes it's hard. And any time that you're like, oops, there's those old habits again, they reared their ugly, like reel that back in. The fact that you can observe that it made you feel the same way and you're like, oh man, is the fact that you have done some of the work, you're continuing to chip away at it. And so honor that work as well. Um, you know, search out places that you can commune with other people who are doing that work. Like I said, retreats are a really great way. This is part of the reason I go to yoga class is the community. It's not because, I mean, I do love all the classes that I go to and the, the teachers and stuff like that are absolutely wonderful and beautiful human beings. But part of that is to feel the collective of people trying to up level their lives. Everybody is there to, to feel better, to do better, to think better, to live better. So I want to be a part of that community too. Search out those people who are doing the healing, who are doing the work, who are putting in the time, because then you'll actually have something to relate to each other about. You can support each other. This is also why I hold women's circles. Women used to sit in circle in ancient and indigenous um, cultures, and we've kind of lost aspects or lost that um, as you know, we've connected online and all these things. And it's great that you can hear me right now through your ears, walking around, doing whatever you're doing, but really taking the opportunity to physically connect to people and to hear people into healing in circle is so, so powerful. So if that is something you're ever interested in, please reach out to me. I usually do a circle once a month. Um, or if you're not in my immediate area, I can help you find somebody. I would love to be, give that opportunity for you to find people who are doing the work and find people who are feeling deeply and healing deeply as well. I hope some of this resonated with you and you took away some tools that you can really begin to heal your ancestral patterns. Or maybe it just got you thinking about like, huh, seven generations, huh? Like really that deep? Yeah. Like do your own research, feel, feel into what's right for you, what you believe and what you believe to be true for yourself and for this life. And I wish you guys nothing but light and love. If you enjoyed this episode, or if you just had whatever your takeaway was, I would love for you to write a review, screenshot it, post it up on your Instagram, tag me at Shalane Carter, um, you can tag the podcast as well at Eat, Pray, Slay podcast on Instagram. 
I would love to hear all about your experience, maybe your healing, maybe your aha moments, whatever it is, your biggest takeaway from this episode, share it, share it with other people. Let's all heal together, guys. Um, I hope that something resonated with you and that you can move forward in light and in love today. Namaste, everyone.